Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. And good evening, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I am your host, as always, Tony Defio. So thank you for joining me live on both YouTube and Facebook. I, I appreciate everybody checking in. Uh, and please, before I continue, I, I'd like you to uh, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Behind the Still Curtain, the YouTube channel. Uh, if you were paying attention during the uh, just completed NFL draft, boy, was behind still curtain the YouTube channel active, wasn't it? The, the whole the entire podcasting platform was active. They, those guys were on the ball every time there was a, a draft pick. They they were there announcing it every time there was and, and, and discussing it and talking about it. Uh, of course, there were there, there were the the, uh, the shows afterwards that reviewed it both on uh, both live and and in and, and audio only form, and you can catch all those. Uh, uh, each and every week, we bring you countless podcasts. Each and every week, you're never at a loss for content at Behind the Steel Curtain, uh, whether it's in, uh, on the editorial side, the, the written word side, or podcast. And you can you can check out all of our podcasts on any uh, audio only platform, whether it's uh, uh, iHeartRadio, which is my favorite, or Spotify. You name it, you you can find all of our uh, all of our podcasts. Uh, Anywhere you, you can catch a podcast. So please check those out. And please uh, check out Behind the Still Curtain, the website. We bring anytime there's a transaction, every, anytime there's breaking news, anytime uh, there, there's a mock draft, which we're not going to see much of those anymore. But you can always find anything you need Steelers related on Behind the Still Curtain, the website. So please check that out. It's your one-stop shop for all your Steelers needs. And uh, thank you to everybody in the live chat for joining me. Uh, team money, my man, Terry, my, my, my good friend, I was just hanging out with him last night. We were talking sports and talking everything else. 
Jeff Dunn, Ryan O'Toole, Steelers Pittsburgh, just me, Jared Devil. You guys are all awesome for checking in tonight. Did I miss anybody? Uh, if I did, I'll catch you later. But I appreciate you all for checking in tonight, and I hope we have a great show. Actually, I know we're going to have a great show. I'm predicting that right now. Danny Owens, Bert Tavares, who says aloha from Maui. I wish I was there right now. I'm not going to lie. So what do you want to talk about tonight? I know what you want to talk about. You want to talk about the NFL draft, right? I can't get enough of it, even though – even though it's 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 in the rearview mirror now, the actual select selecting of the players is in the rearview mirror. Now we're we're discussing the 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 uh, how the Steelers did, um, and I I think they did a good job. But then again, I always do. I always think Steelers do a good job in the draft. Rarely do I walk away from an entire draft class thinking, "What were they thinking? What were they doing?" what was your thought process with this draft? It doesn't make any sense. Usually there's a plan. A lot of teams don't have a plan when they go into a draft, but you, but you could tell the Steelers do, you know, for as much as Kevin Colbert likes to say he, they don't draft for need. They draft for want. That's his favorite, his famous saying, we don't draft for need. We draft for want. They clearly, they draft for need. You know, uh, every team does. That's what the whole draft is all about. It's about finding players that can come in and help your team right away usually at positions that need uh, upgraded, you know, and, and the Steelers, they usually, have, they usually follow a theme in their draft. I think that's fair to say. If you, if you go back and look uh, three years ago, 2018, they went into that draft looking for a, a, the next Ryan Shazier, somebody that could come in and be that dynamic inside linebacker in, in the middle of that defense. Uh, and all three guys were gone. Uh, the, the top three guys were gone by the time Pittsburgh, uh, was on the clock at 28. So they went with Terrell Edmonds, sort of a hybrid uh, defender, somebody that they thought could be a jack of all trades in that secondary place safety primarily, but also dime linebacker, nickel, uh, cover tight ends. You know, so they didn't get the inside linebacker that they wanted, but they, they, they found themselves a, a, a pretty athletic safety. Uh, jack of all trades, if you will. Swiss Army knife. Who said that? What famous guy said that recently? Anyway, and then two years ago, they 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 were clearly looking for the next Ryan Shazier. That was that was their mission. They were on a mission for that, and they, and they traded up the, the the draft Devin Bush last year. Uh, the theme was heading in to the draft, the 2020 draft. They needed to find several uh, players who could provide depth right away at different positions, and also possibly take over as starters once some of their veteran players left via free agency. Uh, obviously, Chase Claypool, he's not hes not really a starter because Juju uh, Smith-Schuster resigned, which was a surprise, but he's certainly a major contributor for that receiving core. Uh, Kevin Dotson, who they drafted in the fourth round, he's now your starting left guard heading into 2021 in place of Matt Filer. Alex Highsmith, who they drafted in the third – I'm going backwards – who they drafted in the third round. He's taking over for Bud Dupree, who left the sign with the Titans. So uh, there you go. This year, 2021, the theme was clearly they had to find starters who could, or I'm sorry, players who could come in and possibly start right away at various positions. We've talked about this. Uh, offensive tackle, center, running back, tight end, cornerback, inside linebacker. There were any number of directions they could have gone with their with their first pick, their first few picks, 
So they decided on Najee Harris running back in the first round. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, uh, tight end out of Penn State in the second round. Kendrick Green, the guard slash center slash center for sure. He's going to be the center uh, from Illinois in the third round. So, and uh, here's Steelers Pittsburgh. And he says, I'm doing Tomlinisms. And yes, yes, I learned it from a great man. Um, so, yes. The Steelers, they, they went into the 2021 draft looking for starters, or, or I should say players who could hopefully start as quickly as day one. I mean, some of the positions on their roster were begging for players to come in and start right away. And I just named all those, especially running back and center for sure. They were begging for 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 players to come in and, and, and immediately ascend up to the top of the depth chart. So um Universally, it was a, it was a, uh, I think it was a, a well-received draft with the, uh, the Steelers, what they did uh, last week. I think it was generally well-received. I mean, there were people who didn't, who didn't like the, the um, selection of Najee Harris, the running back. They, they, you know, there, there are some people who they just, they just, that's the hill they're going to die on no matter what. Um, and, and, and they're convinced that you never, ever draft a running back in the first round. Um a lot of those people are, are kind of into analytics. And, you know, if you remember back in the day with baseball, sabermetrics, now it's analytics. And, 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 and the odds are you don't draft a running back in the first round because it's been devalued. And those, a lot of those players flame out after four or five years because it's such a demanding position physically. And you just don't do that. But uh, you got to look at the nuances of, of, of sports. You got to look at, 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 at more than just the numbers. And before I get to that, just me has a $5 super chat and thank you. Just me. And she says, what new picks will start this year? Well, I think, uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll answer that right away. I think obviously Harris can start uh, from day one. I mean, he's, he's immediately the best running back on the roster. There's no question. Um, uh, Kendrick green certainly has a, a great chance to start at center because uh, you know, uh, What's his name? <laughs> I already forgot his name. C.J. Hassenauer. I mean, he's a he's a he's a development. He's still a project. Uh, B.J. Finney is a veteran who has position flexibility at both guard and center, and, and he was at one time deemed a very valuable player. And a lot of people thought he could start in this league, and he tried that last year, and it didn't work out for him. Was it just a bad year, or? Uh, can he can he um, ha- continue his the sex- success that he once had in Pittsburgh upon his return here? I don't know, but I think Kendrick Green certainly has a chance. Um, and in and 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 the tight end from Penn State, Fryermuth, who I'm who I'm I, I going to have trouble with that name, like a lot of us will. But uh, he's not going to start per se because Eric Ebron's at the top of the depth chart. But with Matt Canada with the, uh, the new offensive coordinator, uh, his, from what I understand, a lot of his schemes uh, require two tight end sets. So you look at the, the, the people behind Ebron, it's guys like uh, Zach Gentry, the fifth round pick two years ago. And he really hasn't made a dent at all uh, so far in his, his very brief career. So uh, Fryermuth has a, a excellent chance of coming in and contributing in a big way right away. Um, as far as a, a you know he, uh, being a, a pass catching weapon, and you know 
a blocker. He's not a he's not considered a great block a blocking tight end. He, he needs some work in that regard, but he certainly fits the mold of a, of a Heath Miller, uh, 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 Bruce uh, um, Rob Gronkowski. Can't say say names tonight. Uh, one of those kind of tight ends, a tight end that can who can be a weapon uh, downfield, but it can also has the potential to be a decent blocking a blocker for the run and and in and, and pass protection. So those three for sure. But even a guy like uh, Bobby Johnson out of Texas A&M, the fourth round, the second fourth round pick, the inside linebacker. Um, there's somebody that you think, oh, okay, he's a project. He's somebody who's not going to contribute right away with the exception of special teams. But uh, if you look at, if you look at the, uh, the linebacking core house, how it's constructed. Obviously you have Devin Bush coming back from the ACL. He's the centerpiece of that defense. Um, but then the, the other inside linebacker, Vince Williams, he's a veteran. They brought him back uh, after cutting him. They brought him back at a reduced price. And then Robert Spillane, a lot of people were high on him after he came in and filled in for Bush last year and did a decent job before he got hurt at the end of the year. So uh, it's easy to look at that and think, well, there's no way that, any rookie, any fourth round pick anyway, he's going to be able to come in here and start uh, in his, in his first year, but you never know. Bobby Johnson might have a, a, a opportunity to come in and, 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 and turn some heads right away. You know, it, it's, it's obviously it's very early and, and it, it's easy to talk in absolutes about these draft picks. So I'm trying to avoid that, but, but he certainly has a, a chance. So I think those four right there, obviously in the punter, Presley Harvin, the seventh round pick, he, if, you, if that's considered a starting position, which I, I guess it is, uh, he has a chance to come in and, and, and contribute right away if he beats out Jordan Berry, which a lot of people are, are, are praying to the football gods that that happens. So I think with the exception of uh, the punter, the, the, the four that I mentioned have, have a chance to come in and start right away. Nothing's guaranteed. They might all be total bums. We don't know. That's the thing about the draft. That's what's so intriguing about it. But – um, you know, a lot of people uh, getting back to the to the running back, getting b- back to Harris. A lot of people were just absolutely convinced that that you don't draft a running back in the first round, and and, and I don't think you, you can ever say never. Fester Ray Kramer, when it comes to to the NFL draft or any any uh, component of your franchise in any sport, as far as building a roster or or any kind of uh, schematic philosophy, never say never, and and. Uh, are our running backs being drafted less and less in the first round? Yes. Over the past decade, the running back position has been devalued greatly, but it doesn't mean that you never, you should never draft a running back in the first round. It just means that it doesn't offer the value of other positions. But my, my feeling about draft value is what, what good is it? If at any position, if that player turns out to be a bomb or a stiff uh, and, and never, never amounts to anything. I mean, you could, you could talk about great draft value at whatever round. Uh, they talked about that two years ago when they drafted Justin Lane in the third round. A lot of people had him uh, graded as a late first round pick, early second round pick in Pittsburgh, got him in the third round. And I don't want to, you know, close the door in his career just yet. He can still be something uh, special. We don't know, but a lot of people were excited about Justin Lane two years ago and here we are. And he still not, hasn't, um, broken through yet as a, as a, uh, as a defensive back in the NFL. So you could talk about draft value. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. I think w- 
when you and a lot of people talk about when it comes to running backs, uh, that, that, you know, you, you, you shouldn't draft them in the first round again because they 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 fade so quickly, but they don't all fade. You know, you, you look at so many of the uh, greats, they had lit, obviously long careers. Uh, Jerome Bettis being a great example of that, Franco Harris, uh, current running backs, if I think they're still current, Adrian Peterson and Frank Gore. You know, so not not every running back fades. So, you know, you just can't you can't approach a, a, a draft thinking, OK, this is the best player on our board right now, but he's a running back. And even though we think he, he can make the greatest impact for us right away. And even though we think he can make our our, our backfield um, so much better. And even though we think he, he can come in and be head and shoulders, the best player at that position, we shouldn't draft him because we're afraid of, of what might happen five, six years from now as far as uh, his longevity is concerned as far as his durability, because you just don't know. You don't know. You can talk about the numbers and, and sites like pro football focus. They're all about the numbers and that's it. You don't, they even said the other day, you don't draft. If you draft the running back in the first round, it's an automatic F as a grade. I think it was Lance Zierlein said that talking about pro football focus. Uh, I think it was on the fan uh, discussing uh, the Harris selection. And, you know, that's why sites like, like pro football focus, they're so, set in there. And I'm not saying they're always, they don't have, they don't make great points because they do. I mean, they're a very successful site and they have uh, former uh, NFL players making these uh, grades and doing these, doing this analysis of these players. But at the same time, nothing is ever a sure thing. Nothing is ever an absolute when it comes to the NFL draft. In fact, uh, more often than not, people get it wrong, you know, both in a, in a good way and in a bad way. They they miss on good players and, and they miss on bad play on good player on, on bad players that they thought were going to be good. So uh, nothing is ever a short thing in the in the NFL drafts. So when people, uh, it's it's okay. To, it's one thing to disagree, but the way people some people are when they just like it's almost like an arrogance about them when they, when they talk about well you know they they screwed up that first round pick, but they got the second round pick and the third round pick right. Well, n- none of those things are true. None of that is true. Yet you don't know. You don't know if they got the first round pick wrong, and you don't know if they got the next two picks right. Just because you say that doesn't make it so. So, my feeling is, uh, if you're drafting a a a, a player and you're worried about what it's going to be like for him five years from now, if you're worried about a second contract already, then I think you're doing it wrong. I think you have to pick it, the best player on your board that you feel can come in and and obviously address a, a position of need and help your football team right away. Whether it happens or not, I don't, you, you, it's, it, it's, it doesn't, nobody knows, but you have to, that's how you have to approach it. You can't, because five years is a long, I mean, people don't think of it as, as a long time, but five years in sports is a long time. You know how I know three or four years ago, um, Antonio Brown was a toast of Pittsburgh and now he's public enemy number one. Uh, everybody, everybody uh, thought Juju was a, a breath of fresh air and a lot of people still do, but now a lot of people are, are just like so turned off by his quote unquote brand furthering, right. You know, with the uh, social media stuff and, and his involvement with, uh, you know, video games and TikTok and all this other stuff that people really uh, take seriously as far as not, not enjoying that side of his, uh, his football career. So uh, five years, four years is a long time in the NFL. So 
uh, you know, just because you draft a center in the first round or, or in the second round or draft a tackle in the first round, and just because those players have uh, generally have longer careers, it doesn't mean that they're going to have long careers. Not those particular players. I mean, you know, you have to you have to look at it as a case by case basis. And uh, as far as how the Steelers uh, address their first three picks, I mean, could they have? Uh, should they have drafted Creed Humphrey in the second round? Who, who's to say? I mean, you can say they should have. It doesn't mean that that Creed Humphrey is going to go on and have a great career. I mean, he might be a he might be a bum. You just don't know. Uh, and then somebody like Kendrick Green might go on to have uh, another Hall of Fame career for a Steeler center. You just don't know how it's going to go. So when people talk in absolutes about the draft, I just I just find it funny because it, it's like it's like, don't you know? Ha- haven't you been paying attention to the last forty or fifty or sixty drafts? You know, when, when people people act like they've never seen a draft before. You know, they've never seen players that, that were that were uh, uh, expected to flop, uh, go on to have great careers. And, and they act like they've never seen a, a can't miss, quote unquote, can't miss number one overall pick uh, totally flop and, 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 and wind up on some list somewhere someday as far as uh, draft busts. I mean, people act like, like this is the first draft ever, you know, and it's an exact science. And, and you know, if you draft the player uh, – with the second pick, he's going to have a great career. If you draft a player with the 27th pick, he's going to have a so-so career. You know, it, it's just, it's just, it, it's, it's, it, it's laughable. It, you know, what makes the draft so much fun, it not being an exact science, it being unpredictable also makes it annoying because people uh, who should know better just get so married to their opinions. Like me, I spent most of the offseason saying, eh, they, they shouldn't draft a running back in the first round. They shouldn't do that uh, because they're so, because they've been devalued. You can get a good one in the second. But, uh, you know, I've come around to it. I came around to it before the draft even, even uh, started last Thursday because, you know, the running back class, it was uh, basically a three-headed monster. And after that, you know, there were still some good players who, who had, you know, um, potential, but it didn't mean that they were that they were necessarily as good as those top three. And I think in a lot of ways, we've gone in the other direction when it comes to how we view running backs. Uh, you know, I think it's easy to get into that group, think to, to fall victim to that and, and go, OK, you can find a running back in any round and you can. But it doesn't mean that some aren't more special than others. And there's generally a reason why. Uh, some players are ranked, you know, at the top of a list and others are in the middle and others are at the bottom because the ones at the top are, they, they, they usually have the, the physical uh, attributes and, and, and the uh, character traits or whatever you want to, you know, the whole ball of wax, the whole uh, package that you're looking for in a great football player. So I think overall, I think the Steelers did a good job. Uh, it doesn't mean that, that, this class is going to amount to anything. They, they might all be out of, out of the NFL within five years. Like the, like the 2008 <laughs> draft class was basically, there was nobody left by 2013. If you remember that, that, uh, that era. So it doesn't mean anything. Uh, all you can do if you're a fan is hope that your team, um, um, uh, addresses positions of need, doesn't reach dramatically. And, 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 
the the draft makes sense. And I think you, you could say it about the Steelers draft. Uh, they clearly brought in like their first four picks were clearly geared toward uh, finding players who could fit into Matt Canada's offensive scheme. You know, you're talking about uh, a dynamic three down running back in, in Harris, obviously a, 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 a potentially dynamic uh, inline tight end in Friar Muth, somebody who can, who can work well in, in, in quote unquote, 12 personnel, what, uh, an alignment I'm just learning about that basically is a, is a two tight end set. Uh, uh, they needed a, 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 a center that was, um, that relished blocking, uh, for the run. And they found that in, in, in a player like, uh, like green, a, an exceptional athlete, uh, who's obviously very mobile, kind of reminds you of, of Marquis Pouncey certainly has that, that intensity, that passion, uh, team leader, you know, uh, just love that pick. And, and Dan Moore from Texas A&M, who another polarizing pick. A lot of people uh, think he could have been a lower, uh, like a, a higher pick in a, in, a, in a draft where tackle wasn't so uh, deep. A lot of people thought that they could have got him in the sixth or seventh round. So, but either way, he's another pl- player that's that's that relishes run blocking uh, and somebody that, that might be able to come in and, and, and fit into Matt Canada's uh, uh, scheme. So, uh, when, when when you're talking about their strategy and, and, and how they addressed uh, parts of their, their roster. I think you have to, you have to uh, love what the Steelers did. So on that note, I think I will take a break. And when I come back, I will talk more about the draft. I'll talk some more about a little bit about the secondary and some uh, issues with that. And And I'll take your questions and comments. So please come back for part two of this episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. 
Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.